Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, I'm Steve Ray Morris, and welcome to the latest episode of Swift Bites, a weekly see Jurassic Right podcast series where I cover what's happening in the universe of Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, dinosaur science, and more. This week, Jurassic World Dominion officially pushed back to 2022, Camp Cretaceous Season 2 trailer premieres, and a new Jurassic World-themed roller coaster is announced. All these bites and more, hold on to your butts right now. Na, 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 na. All right. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to See Jurassic Right. Uh, hope you are all doing well. This one is coming a little late at you. But hey, look, there was a lot of big news. And, you know, it's all you can use. I don't know. I'm <laughs> uh where do we start? Oh, I mean, where do we start? Jurassic World Dominion was pushed back to summer of 2022. Let's see. Let's look at the deadline. Nope, not deadline. Hollywood Reporter. <laughs> uh, this was by Pamela McClintock. Jurassic World Dominion delays summer t- uh, 2021 release to 2022. The tent pulls the latest Hollywood event pick to shift course yet again because of the pandemic. And yeah, so it'll the premiere date is June June 10th, 2022, which had previously been announced. It was previously being held by Universal. So I remember back when Dominion was originally delayed for shooting, 
that date coming up and it was like, yeah, that was pretty much it. And it's just weird to be in this mindset where there was a moment. It's okay. Okay. We're excited for June, 2021 pandemic happens. Okay. It's probably going to be delayed if they can't even shoot. And then they started shooting again. And then it was just like, Oh wow. Are we really going to make the June 10th release date or the June 11th release date in 2021? And, you know, like, are they going to have enough time to film, do all the visual effects, all this stuff, you know, this concerns for safety of the crew, all that and, and cast as well. And I think I think Universal had to blink. I think truly it probably was the state of the industry. I mean, AMC just announced they're closing. I think a bunch of their theaters are regal or one of the theater chains is like shutting its doors. And yeah, I think at this point, Universal can't afford to open Jurassic World Dominion in a lackluster cinematic environment. So I think they were like, and especially since so many movies push back, I mean, most movies have not come out this year in theaters, which is wild to think about. So I think it makes sense. And I'm actually really happy because, as I said on social media, there were so many fun events surrounding the release of Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom. I would hate to miss out on all that stuff like Trivia Night and all the gatherings and stuff I did for Fallen Kingdom. I went to the UK for, for Fallen Kingdom as well, too. And yeah, I w- you know, the park. And I just it would be such a bummer if... We couldn't do all of that for Dominion. I mean, it's the last, in quotes, Jurassic World movie, you know, the last in this sort of saga. We don't know what the future holds, but in the new era. But yeah, it would have, it really would have sucked if we would have, if we couldn't get together and celebrate in that kind of way. So I'm actually really glad. And the, the, uh, Hollywood Reporter article says, Studio Insiders say Dominion is a huge priority for NBC Universal. The franchise boasts a myriad of theme park tie-ins, merchandising and par- partnerships, live events and more. And so this makes sense to me because we've had this weird thing happen this year where movie release dates were pushed back at the last minute, but like, tie-in stuff like uh somebody brought up the warner uh the wonder woman like doritos tie-in was running in stores and wonder woman still isn't out yet the black widow lego toys came out this summer and lego and black widow's not coming out till next year so i think and you know people have been talking you know collect Jurassic, victoria's cantina and a lot of the toy crew um you know rightly talk about it's like wait we're all the dominion toys going to come out in april and then no film next year so i think universal is making a smart choice to do this now and maybe they could push up if they want to but i think it's one of those things where once the train starts rolling for all the tie-in stuff it would like it i think they want to be able to have the real release with all the things the myriad as this article says uh of stuff and yeah you can't do that if you have to change the release date last minute and honestly too i think it's great because i believe we're two weeks out from dominion finishing production which it's wild to think that they've been filming they started filming back up again in july so it's kind of miraculous that other than which is part of this news that they well, no, they're, so they are shut down for two. What am I talking about? So that's the other bit of news. Um, Colin Trevorrow tweeted, uh, with a new set photo and a new, not dinosaur, but a new prehistoric creature. Woke up, oh, this was on October 7th. Woke up to the news. We had a few positive coronavirus tests on Jurassic World Dominion, all tested negatively shortly after, but due to our safety protocols, we're going to pause for two weeks. But essentially, after, I guess in two weeks, they're going to wrap up the last couple of weeks of filming. But 
it's actually really nice now that they have all this breathing room that they're not trying to rush out for June of, of 2011, that they have a full year and a half now to finish this movie. And, you know, for most traditional, most traditional big blockbusters, for most traditional modern big blockbusters, they usually do a round of pickup shooting and just, you know, once they've done a few passes of the edit and special effects, they're like, okay, well, we need a couple of these shots or we need some actors to come back in to do a few things. Let's touch up the script here or there. And it seemed like Dominion wasn't going to have any time to do that. They were kind of having to figure it out ahead of time, you know, when they were, when we had the four, when they had the four month break, uh, in between the first bit of shooting back in February until July. So I think this is going to be really good for the film. I think that if they want to tack on more shooting, they want to do pickups. I mean, specifically thinking because the, the tweet on October 6th that Colin announced that, uh, that, you know, that the film was pushed back until 2022. They share this glorious, gorgeous poster of the Jurassic World T-Rex inside the amber. Uh, that's the, 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 like the, it looks like it's encased in amber. It's a beautiful poster. It's honestly probably the most beautiful poster in this new era that we've gotten. I would say out. Well, I do really like the classic Dominion, like Jurassic Park riff that they did earlier this year. Or was that last year? It might have been. No, I think it was this year. <laughs> but this has the cast list in alphabetical order. Mamadou Athi, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Scott Hayes, Bryce Dallas Howard, Deachin Lockman, Sam Neill, Daniela Panita, Chris Pratt, Campbell Scott, Isabella Sermon, Justice Smith, Omar Sy, Dewanda Wise, and B.D. Wong. So... Uh, to tie into this whole question about delayed, you know, they're delaying again because of the coronavirus, but now they have a year and a half now to finish the film instead of six months. Um, earlier this year, or like only a few months ago, uh, it was reported that Jake Johnson was going to have trouble doing his part in Dominion because of the rescheduled filming, but up against the show Stumptown filming that he's on. Fortunately, Stumptown was canceled. So, it, I mean, so... Colin and, and Jake Johnson were saying that they were going to try and work out maybe a smaller cameo. But, you know, with these one-two punches of Stumptown being canceled and Dominion pushed back a full year, does that mean that Jake Johnson is going to get his role reestablished to where it was? Or is it still going to be a cameo? I personally think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. And I'm honestly fine with that because I really like Lowry and I would love for him to pop up. I would love for him to just like, like if like at some point in the movie, they're just cutting to the world reacting to events on TV and you just see like Lowry, like on his couch, Nate, like wearing underwear and just like have a bunch of beer cans around him. He's like, ever since Vivian rejected me. No. Um, but I, yeah, I hope, I hope he's in it, but I'm also totally, I'm okay. If his role is not, I just don't, I couldn't see him getting convinced to go run around dinosaurs again. I could even see Franklin being convinced to somehow go on an adventure because it's for a good cause. And probably Zia would bully Franklin into, <laughs> into joining. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm okay. Let me know what you guys think. If, I mean, cause obviously I love the character of Larry and I'd love to see him do more, but I think you could, you could, and with any of these characters, I think you could, you know, withhold them as well or not withhold them, but just like, I could see a future in the new era kind of Fast and the Furious style where these characters kind of pop up in and out to lay supporting roles. And that would be pretty cool. So I'm trying to think, oh, well, I guess like, yeah. So let's see if there's, if there's anything else in this Hollywood Reporter article. No, nothing else. But so with that Colin tweet, he uh, there's a beautiful um, animatronic 
dinosaur, well, no, it's not a dinosaur, this beautiful animatronic creature inside a cage wearing a mask. And it's hard to tell what's in the background. Maybe it's a lab. I know, um, I think Jurassic Souls maybe said maybe it's a pet store on Twitter, but it is a, looks like, like, um, you know, a wrinkly reptile, but it's kind of got this like, almost like baby Ceratopsian style head, but you definitely know it's not a dinosaur because it has, because dinosaurs have, um, um, an upright gait or whatever. Whereas like lizards, this creature has more of like a sprawling gait. And then it also has like hair on it. And so people were guessing different creatures and stuff. Uh, Lystrosaurus was kind of the main one that everyone was guessing. And Colin Trevorrow confirmed via um, Kirsten Formoso, who's a great paleontologist. Uh, She's on Twitter. I follow her uh, formo formophology on Twitter. She asked Colin and he confirmed it. And yeah, so Lystrosaurus is a Dicenodont um, or Dicenodont, which is sort of like one of the earliest mammals. So it's very interesting that in Dominion, we're getting a confirmation of a new species that is not only not a dinosaur, but it's also a, you know, we've had marine reptiles, we've had flying reptiles, but now we're getting a Dicenodont. And as people have rightly pointed out, Dimetrodon is just in the corner crying because uh, Dimetrodon is also in the Dicenodont family, I believe. And I have to do more reading about this, but I think the Dicenodonts are eventually become synapsids, which is where Dimetrodon is from. But anyway, but this is also one of the earliest creatures ever to be represented in Jurassic Park. Uh, It's from the early Triassic. So definitely the oldest creature represented in Jurassic, which is really cool. And yeah, I really love this idea that we're going, you know, because my thing with Jurassic Park, the struggle is you want to see the dinosaurs that you already know and love, but you want to see new dinosaurs. And how do you balance out those characterizations? And who knows how much that this creature will play into the plot. But again, it really plays in this idea that, you know, not only is the Jurassic world expanding, but they're looking, you know, for all kinds of inspiration. So it's not just dinosaurs, which I think is really cool. So let me know what you think of that. And I believe that's all the news for Dominion. Oh, there was a new person on Instagram cast. It was a small look. I mean, this might, it's this uh, DJ named Dimitri Vegas, and he just did a set pick of his chair. So I was like, if, if a DJ is getting cast, it probably means they're going to be eaten by a dinosaur. So that's exciting. Oh, and I wanted to briefly touch on this idea that Julian Moore was never asked back. Uh, I guess she was doing an interview recently and she was like, no, nobody's ever asked me to come back as Sarah Harding. And, you know, it sucks because it's like Sarah Harding is one of the coolest characters in Jurassic Park. And I think we've been saying since the beginning of, you know, Dominion, you know, back when it was Jurassic World 3, that like of all the people to come back, Sarah Harding is one of the people that makes the most sense. But I think they're probably thinking more from like a production and box office standpoint where it's like, you know, Lost World was, you know, very successful and everything, but it wasn't necessarily the most well-liked. And, you know, it's a like, you know, I think when you're tackling nostalgia, I think people go for the easy shots. But look, the fact is Dominion has done so much already that has unexpected. I never thought Dotson would come back. I never thought Biosyn would come back. I mean, the original trio, most of the people from the other Jurassic World movies, like, it's truly doing a lot that I did not expect it to do. 
the Isla Sorna crate. So honestly, anything is possible. But I also I think it would be kind of cool if maybe this this you know, and sometimes I think when actors talk about this stuff, I feel even with the Jake Johnson stuff, I think it's them negotiating in the press. And truly, it would be kind of cool if because of this article, Colin finds a way to get Sarah Harding back in Dominion, if only briefly, or or some sort of reference to her, and then she could have her own movie. Because it's Julian Moore. She's one of the best actors of our of, I don't know, the last 30 years, 40 years or something. And I mean, come on, if any, if you've watched safe, Jillian Moore is an icon and I would rather, I would rather have her maybe get referenced in dominion again and then have her pop up as her own character. Or I mean the evolution of Sarah Harding, get Tess Sharp back on and like set that up so that we like, that would be cool. Like we get a cameo dominion. Oh, what if she shows up? In, what if she shows up in Camp Cretaceous as like potentially one of the adults to like rescue the kids or something? Like she's a consultant. Well, we'll talk more about Camp Cretaceous in a second, but um, I think there's a way to set up so Sarah Harding comes back and it's like we're excited. Like this is the icon, Doctor Sarah Harding. She's been doing her own thing and she gets to come back in a big way and headline. I mean, it would be so cool if like. If like she shows up in, you know, Jurassic World 4 and it's like mostly focused on Macy and Blue, but then Sarah Harding is like co-headlining or something. I don't know. I'm just I'm just talking out loud right now. So anyway, that's that. So it's a lot to chew on. But also it's like. I mean, as far as like, like logistics goes, I mean, right now it's October. So like after, you know, in these next couple months, you know, it's the end of the year kind of stuff and then it's like was going to be in a train like it was just going to be this rolling domino into dominion and it's kind of nice to have a little bit of breathing room frankly and but i don't know what do you think are you bummed out that dominion's not coming out next year that we're gonna have to wait a full year and a half now for it to come out or a little bit more than that but or are you glad that you're gonna have time to go see it in a cinema where you know it's gonna hopefully be we're going to be able to do things um, in a way that's, you know, uh, being able to celebrate Dominion to its fullest. That's that's kind of how I feel. But let me know what you think. Um, yeah, let's take a quick break and then check out Camp Cretaceous Season 2 trailer. <laughs> All right, we're back. And I just rewatched the... Camp Cretaceous season two trailer, obviously spoiler alert if you have not seen season one, but let's dive in. So really exciting stuff. Um, obviously it opens with the park devastated, but I love the idea that there's kind of this eerie calm. It's like beautiful, but it's like, Ooh, like sort of the hangover of Jurassic world. <laughs> and so you see a bunch of sinoceratops and some ankylosauruses. Like they're starting to explore the fences being opened every, it's all free range now. And then you see the, what looks to be the gyrosphere from season one that the uh, sinoceratops, you know, uh, bashed, but then helped, you know, rescue, um, helped rescue, uh, um, Darius and Brooklyn in, but now it's filled with compies. I mean, it feels very exciting if all these wild animals are suddenly free and it's like, cool, we have free range to do whatever and explore whatever. It's like, 
you know, when you let a cat or a dog into a space they've never been in before. And then you see uh, some compies on Main Street uh, trying to get into a pizza box, which again, like compies are the pigeons of the dinosaur world, especially at Jurassic World, where, you know, in the original Jurassic Park novel, they were literally like, it was okay for them to be loose because they would eat the poop and, you know, the trash from all the other dinosaurs, essentially. Um, the one thing I've, I've mentioned before, or maybe I haven't, but I really, really love the color variation in the dinosaurs in Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. Like, all, like, all species aren't, like, literal, <laughs> I mean, these are clones, but not really in that kind of way. But like, you know, it's, it's, I just think that, you know, not all dinosaurs don't look the same and within the same species. And, you know, there's different size variations and body, you know, I mean, you know, I don't know it. You, you understand what I'm getting at, but I just love that. Like there's a brown copy, there's a green copy with a little bit of red underneath, kind of like the lost world, but then you have kind of like a muted green one. And I think that's really cool. And so the foot that comes down, I'm assuming is Rexy. And then you see Darius and it looks like he's in the, uh, the Tyrannosaurus kingdom. Cause the Tyrannosaurus kingdom in, Jurassic World looked like it was almost modeled after the Lost World, where you had like the forest and everything like that set up inside that habitat. And if you go into Minecraft Jurassic World, it's set up that way, which is really cool. So it's very curious to see like why why is Darius why is Darius getting into another dinosaur paddock? Check out Tom Jurassic's breakdown of the trailer too as well. And Clayton's, they did a really great job breaking down this trailer. But yeah, you see, it seems like, uh, it seems like the Tyrannosaurus kingdom is all thrashed. And I was like, did some dinosaurs run through there after the events of Jurassic World? I mean, technically Camp Cretaceous season two starts where, you know, starts right at the end of Jurassic World. So it's like, I wonder why things are all messed up. Maybe Rexy came back in and was like, screw this place. This is my prison, you know, for the last 20 years or whatever. And then you see this great shot of a Baryonyx um, with Sammy, Brooklyn, and uh, Yaz hiding, like, very much Fallen Kingdom uh, in the mansion, very much uh, the Raptor kitchen scene. And somebody pointed it out on the Jurassic Park podcast in the YouTube comments, but they were saying, oh, it looks like Brooklyn's hair is growing out. So you could see her, like, dark roots, which I think is really kind of a cool detail. But... For people who have been following the toys of Camp Cretaceous, you know that there were three Baryonyxes, um, like named kind of like how Toro was named and they did not show up anywhere in season one. So it looks like season two is going to be featuring our Baryonyx friends, which I'm again, I love that in a way. Like, I don't think it needed this explanation, but I like how Camp Cretaceous is using the sudden increase in species diversity in Fallen Kingdom and now going back and showing where all those species were, like how season one showed more of the Cynoceratops and the Carnotaurus. I really love that. And even just because there was no compies in Jurassic World, but having them pop up again uh, here was awesome. And then we have all the kids together minus Ben fending off and look who pops out, but a Ceratosaurus, which is really rad because we haven't seen the Ceratosaurus since it was smell and Spinosaurus poop on Isla Sorna in Jurassic Park 3. So I love that they're bringing in a very iconic dinosaur from Jurassic Park 3 uh, because we haven't really seen it in anything in a long time other than I think the Jurassic World Evolution game. So I wonder, uh, I was thinking to myself, and maybe I commented on the Jurassic Park podcast episode uh, breaking down season two trailer, but or the live stream that Brad did, but I wonder, because Darius is such a 
you know, Jurassic nerd, you know, and playing them the virtual game at the beginning of season one, where they actually are on Isla Sorna in the game. So I wonder if he knows about the Ceratosaurus and and then maybe that gives them an opportunity to talk about Isla Sorna or something, which would be really cool. Have they mentioned Isla Sorna it, other than the map in in Camp Cretaceous season one? Let me know. I, I think that's the only reference to it, but um and then you see Rexy wrecking up Main Street again. You know, after, you know, she's probably pissed. She just killed the Indominus and now she has free reign over the island. So she's the queen is queen is back. She's back in charge. And, you know, is that thing of like, you know, it's interesting how, you know, Rexy really didn't play a role at all in Camp Cretaceous season one, which makes sense because, you know, she was still in her cage. But I, I like that. That feels like a really cool way to, you know, again, I liked Camp Cretaceous season one because it didn't it didn't the way that it worked into the lore felt very natural to me and it didn't feel like anything was shoehorned in. I felt like everything was done very tastefully and meaningfully that it didn't take away from, you know, the, the, the true characters of the show rather than it just being sort of, um, you know, and so it, you know, I think Colin Trevorrow said in this New York city comic-con panel, you know, camp Cretaceous counts, you know, and I really like what he's, that he said that. So it, now it's kind of cool that like, after season one, now we get to see our kids. Now we get to see these kids go up against Rexy. And I'm really excited to see where that goes. And then the final thing is you obviously see Ben's hand. Cause it's all dirty from like the end of the, from the season one, you know, uh, post credit scene into Bumpy's, um, Bumpy's paw, uh, you know, Mark in the mud. So again, the thing that I'm most excited about, or one of the things I'm most excited about for season two is to, but awkward when like the kids are running around and then they run into Ben and it's like, Oh boy, we thought you were dead, you know? So, uh, yeah. So that's pretty much it for camp Cretaceous season two trailer. It comes out early next year, which is like, uh, I'm so glad we're getting it so soon. I hope it's like January, February. I feel like if it's any later than that, I would be like, no, I mean, it would feel, I mean, it's just cause the trailer is just released now, but then again, they released the trailer for camp Cretaceous that little teaser with the Raptor like a year and a half ago or something like that. So I don't know. I hope we don't have to wait too long. And then I watched this New York city comic-con panel, uh, on Friday and it was just more interesting to, to sort of see the dynamic between all the writers and Colin coming in. And he was really involved, probably more involved than most, you know, executive producers, but I think that they liked <laughs> one of the writers was like, it was really great when Colin came because he would always bring us alcohol. Like, um, so that was, it was just fun to see the dynamic with everybody. I feel like to me, the biggest revelation of the panel was that Bumpy was originally supposed to be a Myasaura, which is, it's like a duckbill dinosaur, but it doesn't have any of the like head ornamentation like Parasaurolophus or Corythosaurus or anything like that. And Myasaura was a really big part of the original Jurassic Park book. So that was kind of a cool nod, but I can understand them wanting to do Bumpy because it's a little bit more unique looking and then they could tie it into uh, Zach and Gray's moment when, when the Indominus kills all the Ankylosauruses in Jurassic world. Um, and kind of the other big thing too, is that they, you know, they, I just like them talking about printing out a map and drawing things and stuff. Being in a writer's room sounds like it's really fun. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Are you excited for Camp Cretaceous season two? Uh, and beyond i mean now that dominion is pushed back are you hoping that um 
you know, that we'll get more seasons in between then and now, and maybe it'll tie more directly to Dominion. Um, recently, I, w- I was just thought back to my Sarah Harding comment, but, you know, I think because uh, Colin in the panel, they said that, you know, these kids are on their own, you know, that there may be chances for adults to come back, but truly they want to focus on the kids, which I like. But I was also thinking, too, and um, like, what if like an adult Eric Kirby comes in? Because he because a lot of people have been talking about how, like, you know, if anybody knows about surviving dinosaurs for eight, for more than eight weeks, it's Eric Kirby, you know, in Jurassic Park three. And so what if what if Trevor Morgan came back, reprised his role as Eric Kirby and maybe like Eric has now become part of a response team or something to Christ to crises like this? It would make sense. I mean, other than Sarah Harding, I feel like Eric Kirby was not traumatized by the events of uh, of Jurassic Park three or he was not traumatized by his interactions with dinosaurs. So you could see maybe as an adult, like he has really become a figure in the, in sort of the world as somebody to talk to, you know, who are you going to call? It's like Eric Kirby and Sarah Harding. Like they are really, they're true. Like, you know, compared to like Alan Grant and, and Ian Malcolm, like Sarah Harding and, and Eric Kirby are probably chopping out the bit to be around dinosaurs again, but let me know what you think. And yeah, let's take another quick break and then get into our final story. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right, and the last story of the day is comes via Collider, uh, or this write-up comes via Collider. Uh, Adam Chitwood, uh, Universal Orlando f- finally reveals Jurassic World Velocicoaster details. Uh, <laughs> I I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm not a fan of the phrase Velocicoaster. Like whatever reverse ASMR is, that's what happens when I hear that word Velocicoaster. Like I don't know. Anyway, but if you follow like Brad Jost in the Jurassic Park podcast, he Inside Universal is an, is a great Twitter account. They've been talking. You know, they're literally building a roller coaster in front of the visitor center at the Jurassic Park area islands of adventure, I think in Orlando, Florida. It's like, okay guys, what's that roller coaster? So they finally announced it's the Velocicoaster and it's supposedly going to open next summer, which I'm like, what, what, like in what, I guess, because theme parks still aren't open in California, but in Florida, apparently they are. <laughs> Described as a new species of coaster, the Velocicoaster will be the world's first coaster based on the Jurassic franchise and touts a series of intense maneuvers that will send guests catapulting up to 70 miles per hour and more than 150 feet in the air. And 
Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, Chris Pratt, and B.D. Wong will join guests in it as Jurassic World unveils the next evolution of its carnivore expansion, the Velocicoaster, where riders embark on a high-speed chase and feel the rush of the hunt while racing alongside a nimble Velociraptor pack. So, yeah, just just looking at this article a little bit more, it's interesting that, like, this is supposed to be, like, in-universe, where you can, like... It kind of reminds me of the cheetah run, really, at the San Diego Safari Park, where, I mean, you're not literally trying to outrun a cheetah, but you get to see a cheetah do what it does, um, which I've seen a bunch, and it's truly one of the most breathtaking things in the world. I mean, I love that they're getting Bryce and uh, Pratt and B.D. Wong back like they did for the um, Universal Studios here in L.A. I don't think it'll be canon, I think, you know, but it's interesting that they're because the Jurassic World ride here at Universal Studios, you know, is kind of like a riff remix on the original ride slash remix on Jurassic World, where it's kind of cool where it feels like the Velocicoaster story might be its own original story set within the world of Jurassic World, maybe that takes place before um, the events of that movie. So, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Um, I don't know much about roller coasters, but it's going to be, you know, the details here is that it'll reach 70 miles per hour in 2.4 seconds. There's a bit of a zero gravity moment, which sounds terrifying. <laughs> Look, I miss Universal Studios so much, but yeah, it just feels so, it just feels funny to announce a new roller coaster, uh, you know, at a theme park in the middle of a pandemic. But look, I, I'm excited for either way. I, I have a, I have a back and forth with roller coasters, although I do really love them. It's just, it's, you have to just coax me to get on them. Like if I look at a roller coaster, I'm like, not, not, not doing that. But then once I get on, I have a good time. So yeah. So are, I mean, are you excited? Are you like wary about it? Will you feel, I mean, maybe we'll all feel differently, you know, next summer, but, um, yeah, very curious indeed, but it looks really cool. So, but yeah, thanks everyone for hanging in there. Um, I'm, this is the last week of the back to school series. It'll probably come out, uh, tomorrow or on Wednesday, which is National Fossil Day. So, which is very exciting. And that's perfect because Callie Moore and Eons are doing tons of amazing stuff for National Fossil Day. I'll put all the links in the show notes. The back to school series has been so amazing for me personally. No, it's been very inspiring. And I'm going to have a little debrief on that probably. Not this week, but maybe next week. I'll just want to talk about more about it because I would love to do more things like that. And I would love to go on, I don't know, just just volunteer at some digs or something because, yeah, it's been one of the greatest experiences of this year for me personally, getting to talk to all these scientists. Riley Black, I mean, an icon, Jada Elcock, who is just like killing the game right now with our animal facts. Those are the two last interviews, I think, since we talked. So check those out. And then Callie Moore from Eons is this week. She's going to wrap out the series, and I couldn't think of a more perfect person to end this. And then I didn't even realize it was National Fossil Day this week. So it actually ends perfectly. So it all it all worked out. Um, so check that out. I also have a very special interview related to Jurassic Park coming out this week at the end of this week, which I won't, maybe I'll tease more later, but um, I think I just want to drop it this week at the end of the week for you to check out. It's really special. So look out for that stuff. What else is happening? Oh, Hollywood Jane review, which I interviewed all the folks behind that, which is a Jurassic park burlesque show. And they do it at the Rockwell every year, obviously, except for this year, but it's Jurassic peak, a burlesque parody, 65 million rhinestones in the making. It's so great. Like everyone there, you know, Blanche, who is the 
creator of all of it. She's amazing. And I interviewed them on a see Jurassic right way back in the day. Got to go to the show. It was incredible. And I think the virtual show is going to be just as awesome. It is tomorrow night, October 13th at 8 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. And tickets are 10 bucks to see some amazing performances, some hilarious performances, some sexy performances. I think you are going to really love it. So I really urge you to check it out tomorrow night, Tuesday, October 13th, 8 p.m. PST. They're a really great group and they work really hard. And I mean, come on, it's just sexy and hilarious. What more do you want? So I'll put a link to the Hollywood Jane review, uh, the Jurassic Peak event in the show notes. But again, check on socials, the See Jurassic Right podcast group. Um, I put the link there as well, too. So, yeah, uh, there's so much good stuff happening. So much. I mean, it's it's funny, even in these years where you don't think a lot of Jurassic stuff is happening, a lot of stuff is, which is very exciting to be a Jurassic Park fan. Uh, but, I mean, it'll be interesting. We have this whole extra year now where, you know, when Dominion was supposed to come out, that is not coming out now. So what are you going to do with your time? I really want to check out, like, I want to uh, watch Primeval finally. Well, I tried to watch it. And I didn't like it, but I'll try and give it another chance. Maybe check out the Jurassic Park comics from the 90s. I never really got into those, but it'd be fun to dive into those. What are you going to do with this extra year? That's what I want to know. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So, But life uh, finds a way always. So, uh, you know, I'll see you very soon. And thank you again for everything. you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.